Welcome to the Higher Ed Jobs Podcast, Ask the Expert Edition. I'm Andy Hibble, the Chief Operating Officer and one of the co-founders of Higher Ed Jobs. And I'm Kelly Sherwin, the Director of Editorial Strategy. Kelly, I'm really excited today. And I always feel like I start off a podcast and say that to you. Hey, I'm really excited today. But today I'm really excited. We have a new type of podcast we're doing today. I share your excitement. I'm excited too. It kind of reminds me of when I go to Disney World. I always feel like when I go to Disney World, it may have been years, I come back and it's always like the right time. Like Disney always kind of finds that right feel for, hey, it's the 50th anniversary of Walt's first trip to Alaska. Let's celebrate it. But I have to tell you today, I'm really, really excited because I think I think this new type of podcast that we're doing really is something that our community has reached out to us and they're really looking for. So just kind of introducing it, these are now Ask the Expert podcasts. And Ask the Expert is going to be both on the podcast form, but also the article form. So if you want to read more on this, there's always going to be a corresponding article on the website where you can go more in depth. But Ask the Expert is the chance for the higher ed jobs community to get advice and insight from experts on specific questions they have about searching for a job, interviewing, dealing with problems in the workplace, and advancing their careers. Feature experts range from HR professionals who specialize in conflict management and bullying to job search experts who can share insight on how to secure interviews and impress search committees. So today we have one of our favorite experts, Dr. Christopher D. Lee, a managing director at Storebrook Search, author of several books, and a former chief human resource officer with many years of higher ed experience. Thanks for joining us today, Chris. My pleasure. So today's question is from a member of the higher ed community. The question is, how do I respond wisely when the hiring committee asks me, why should I hire you? Chris, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think this is a really good question because it gets at the essence of the entire search and selection process. Any organization who is trying to be their best is looking for some talent and the right fit. And they're asking themselves uh, the same question, who should we hire uh, and what kind of background and experiences they might have. So if a committee asks that question, they're really looking for more information. And this is a great opportunity for a person to toot their own horn, and it may be the only time for them to do so. So one should anticipate that question in some form or fashion. It may not be as, you know, overt as you just described, hey, why should we hire you? But people will ask you that question in any number of ways. Sometimes it's actually the first question when a person says, you know, tell us why you're interested in this job. And they aren't really saying, hey, give us your whole pedigree. What they're trying to do is look for those key things that help to differentiate the person from others, right? So you're going to get that question in some form or fashion, and sometimes multiple different ways. And there are two sides to that, right? And possibly three, you know, certainly highlighting one's concrete background and experiences, the jobs they've held, the accomplishments they've completed and achieved, and that sort of thing. Those things are important, and it's good to highlight some key ones. And then on the other side, there's a persuasive part, which is people want to associate and be with people they have some commonality with. So it's a chance to build bridges, right? And some of it is persuasive. It's to say, hey, you know, I've heard people say things like, I like the school colors, right? You know, uh, or I'm from the region 
my sister went to the institution, or I appreciate the curriculum you have here, or something that builds a bridge to say, not only am I interested in the job, I'm interested in the community, I'm interested in the organization itself, I'm interested in who else works here. It's a chance to build connection and otherwise say, I want to hang out with you guys for a while, right? It kind of, you know, builds that human connection, which I think is really, really important. The other part I think that needs to be highlighted is that it's kind of a persuasive opportunity as well, right? And for some reason, you know, it's kind of a a joke and it really is apropos here that a lot of committees want people to dance for their supper. So it's kind of like saying, you know, tell us why we're so great, (laughs) you know, and why you would be lucky to be with us. So there, there's this old story. I'm not sure if it's, it is accurate or not, but it's been repeated. I've seen it in writing as well of, of a gentleman of Asian descent who was eminent in his field and was looking for work in the U.S. And supposedly he had had like 30 interviews and hadn't gotten the job. And so working with a consultant, they, you know, why is he not getting the job after getting interviews? And he was answering questions quite literally. And so they'd say things like, Hey, you know, uh, why do you want to work at this institution or why do you want this job? And he say things like, I have a large family and I need to work. <laughs> he was like, Wait, hey, no, you're missing the point here, right? The cultural difference is, no, tell us that you are a Buckeye fan, you know, not a Spartan fan, right? You know, tell us that you like this part of the country or the world or you appreciate something about us. For some reason, that's a part of the human experience as well, that people want to associate with people like them. So to include the applicants, we want you to join this team because you kind of want to be here. We know you got the skills and background. That's why we're interviewing you. However, wouldn't you like to hang out with people who want to hang out with you? So it's a two-way street of appreciation. One final story, if you would, since this format allows storytelling. So, you know, I I, uh, was a part of an interview panel for a college presidency, and my responsibilities were to speak with candidates who were successful or not successful. And when one gentleman who was a sitting president did a great job in interview, I mean, just blew it away, but the committee did not select him. And they did not select him because when he came to interview for this college, he interviewed for a college presidency. He did not interview for that college presidency. And it was clear, there was a, a work sample product where you had to present on some data. He used general data. He did not use data from that region. You know, when I had the conversation with him, it was something to the effect of, sorry, you know, the, you know, the committee didn't advance your candidacy. And, and he said, Chris, I, I'm amazed because I thought it went really well. I said, yeah, it, it did go well. I said, but they decided not to. And he says, can you give me some information why? And I said, you know, I think they fell in love with you, but they didn't think you fell in love with them. So that's what the question is all about. The question is about, tell us your bona fides. Right? Tell us your background, experience, your pedigree, but also tell us why this is important for you and I to be together. And so it's a two-way street there. And sometimes the committee may be choosing between multiple candidates. And, you know, they may need a little reminder, right? A little highlight. So, you know, it's persuasive in addition to factual. So we have to keep that in mind to, to emphasize key parts of one's background. Chris, that's such an incredible insight into the process. And I think so many folks want to focus on the career highlights part, and here's quantitative and qualitative benchmarks that absolutely establish why I'm good at this job. Don't want to diminish that at all, but people forget about 
the need to persuade and the windows of opportunity to persuade and the need to, as you say, kind of dance for your supper, I believe was what you said, uh, as well as building that bridge. And the idea for me, and particularly remember, I'm, I'm a planned giving officer by training, that when you're working with donors, you have to be passionate about it mm-hmm. and you have to truly enjoy the experience and yeah. being able to use that opportunity to persuade, to demonstrate your passion, to also say, I like the passion that this community has as professionals and as donors towards this institution. And hopefully if you've done that right, you're not only building a bridge, but I always kind of talk about instead of using an us and them at that point, the whole yeah. room is thinking of themselves, including you as part of a larger we, that yeah. you are one of them and you are part of the team and you're all singing from the same songbook and they can't wait to go out and perform in the choir with you. At the end of the day, that's the part that that presidential candidate was missing. You need to tie it back to that place as to why am I part of this we and what makes this we different from any other we? Because every college, every college, every college department feels they have something special going on and people love what they do. Oh, yeah. And if if you're not going to tap into that and feel that energy, uh, you're missing an opportunity. Yeah, I appreciate the way you phrased that. So I'm thinking of a way of summarizing that as passion and belonging. So are you going to wear the football jersey and the school colors on the Friday before the big game? Or are you just going to say, hey, you know, this is a job, right? You know, you come to work and, you know, I'm going to wear my normal thing. Are you a part of the clique? Do you feel pride in, in being a part of this community? And that passion really, really matters. And that sense of belonging matters. And if we were to follow some research, I think research shows that there's this guy, I think his name is Villagrand. He's a professor. I follow the positive psychology movement. I think it's Villagrand. He's out of um, Montreal, University of the World's Authorities on Passion. And he says, there is no excellence without passion. The whole idea that you can perform at a high level, but to be at that kind of championship level, it requires more commitment. And no one's going to work hard enough to get to that next level because there's probably 50% more effort just to be in that top 10%. And you only get there when you have passion. And I think people intuitively know that. We don't need science to tell us that, right? You can tell when people really dig what they do. And I think that that's encouraging and heartwarming to a committee saying, hey, this person really wants to be with us and really enjoys what they do. So that's the passion and belonging. And I think those are key factors. I think I wrote for you a blog three or four years ago, and I think the punchline was passion trumps competence or something like that, saying all things being equal, a lot of people will go with the person who really, really wants to do it and really, really wants to be there because that's a little extra oomph, right? Versus the person who's competent, that doesn't mean they're committed, right? That doesn't mean that they're going to go that extra yard. But when people love it, there's no limit. Competence has a limit. Passion does not. And so I think that's kind of what we're talking about. Well, Chris, I love that you shared that story. And the other thing I want to highlight is I like the fact that that presidential candidate actually recognized that maybe he didn't do something well and asked for feedback. And hopefully from that point forward, he was able to to exhibit more of the passion when he was in interviews. So hopefully other job seekers can learn from that story that you just shared. So thank you so much. This This was a great conversation today. 
If you have a question for one of our experts, please feel free to email us at podcast at higheredjobs.com or feel free to tweet us at higheredjobs. We'd love to share your questions with our experts.